This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. Lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for accepting me into your life, for giving me a place in your kingdom. Thank you for making me your own because without you, I am nothing and I can do nothing. But by you, I have become a child of God called by the name of our father because of you i can lift up my voice to god and call him my father i thank you i thank you thank you for the grace to live for you thank you for the help to do what is pleasing to you oh jesus our savior holy spirit we acknowledge your presence in our midst having been here to guide us and to lead us we are willing to follow in that which the lord has prepared that we might receive today i pray for every heart that it be a soft ground and i pray for every ear that it hears and i pray for every eye that it sees I bind every demonic spirit that will seek to do contrary to what you are doing here in this gathering. And I command you, Satan, to desist from your work because Jesus is here right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good. So, for some few minutes... This is the beginning of the year, so not plenty preaching. Hallelujah. Don't worry, don't worry. The preaching will come. I mean, the, as, a, as the year gets on, we need to take it slowly and keep on increasing the, 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 the strength and the pace. Amen. But I want to continue on the subject of the year of work. Do you get it? And to help you and myself to understand what it actually means or it actually means when we give ourselves to work for the Lord. Amen. Now, the first point that I want to make, and this is a, just a chat. I don't have any special notes. As the Spirit directs me, I will bring up some points. But the first point that I want to make is that everybody is going to have their life spent. Your life is going to be spent. In other words, the breath, this life is, is for a season. In other words, the, the life in this body, some of you with very beautiful bodies and handsome looking bodies do you get it 
that you don't let us hear. We can't see anything, we can't hear anything, and every time you want to show it to us. Keep on, it's good, it's yours, it's your portion. But just be aware that it has an expiry date. Do you get it? It has an expiry date. Now, the Bible describes this body of yours and mine as our temporary shelter. It, the Bible describes this as our temporary shelter. And who, who is it sheltering? It's sheltering the soul that belongs to God. You and I, we are more than this physical body. We are a living soul. In the beginning of Genesis, when God created man out of the dust, the Bible says that, and God breathed into the nostril of man, and man became a living soul. I hope somebody is helping me because every time I talk, there's a verse that I'm talking, so you need to be very alert. There might, maybe you must have somebody who is listening to me to be looking for the verses. Please write it in English because I normally quote in King James, so when you write it in English, it doesn't feel like what I'm saying is what is there. So always write it in the King James first. Is there, that's the correct verse, but just give us the King James version. They get it so that they will know that I'm not just talking out of my stomach. They get it. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And what happened to man? that God has formed out of the dust of the ground. The Bible says that the breath of life that was breathed into the dust, that dust which God has called man became a living soul. Are you with me? So the dust on its own has nothing in it. It's a case. It's a container. It's a temporary residence. Are you with me? Of a soul that belongs to God. Now, this soul in this earthly body was intended to do the purposes of God here on earth. But that intention was interrupted when the first set of living souls, Adam and Eve. You know, by, by the way, this portion of the Bible, the formation of Adam and Eve, is not the beginning of the world. It's not the beginning. It's the beginning of this current phase. I hope you understand it. Is the beginning of this current phase, but it's not the beginning of beginnings. Because science has proven that the earth has existed more than 
the years that is allocated this, to this particular incident. Are you with me? So please, don't, don't be afraid if they tell you this is not the beginning of the world. The Bible didn't say it's the beginning. It, it, it just, we are just picking up a story from a portion. So it's the beginning of a story, but it's not the beginning of beginnings. Okay? Do we, do we understand it? Because the earth has been around for more than 6,000 years. Far more than 6,000 years. Okay? Good. Now, so, the intended purpose of this living soul was to replenish the earth and have dominion over the earth. But was given an instruction that he didn't heed to. And it has changed everything. Now, after that change of everything, God is in the recovery process. And we are part of, we are, we are at the stage that involves the recovery of what has been damaged. Are you with me? Somebody will say, oh, but why didn't God just start afresh? Please. His ways are not my ways. So when you meet him, you can ask him. Are you with me? And I don't think if he explains it to you now, the state in which you are, you can even understand it. So just keep cool. Don't ask too many questions. Just believe. It doesn't mean you put your mind on ice. No. So God, and we are in the recovery phase. And he intends to restart. Not by wiping everything, but recovering what was damaged. And repairing it and making it fit for what he wants to do. It's also an expression of love. Are you with me? Now, so, on this earth, whilst we are here in this state, it is intended, you see, the enemy, the enemy wants to waste this portion of your life. Knowing very well that there is a life that is to come because if God says it, it shall be so. But God also in his love has told us what is to come and has sent Christ to recover us. Now, whilst we are recovered by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we now have to decide how our life will be after here. We now have to decide how our life will be when this phase of recovery is over and the new earth is started. Now, you tell me, but where is this written? Apart from the Bible, nobody will tell you any, that nobody knows even what will come after. You see, science is only discovering what is existing. Science is not creating new things. Science is discovering what is existing and making use of the discovery. Ah, 
help me understanding what it is. So don't, 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 don't be too taken by science. Because science is not creating anything new. It's just discovering what exists. Which we didn't know before. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Good. So the Bible has showed us clearly that there is a life after here. And how your life would be the life after here depends on your relationship with Jesus. So your relationship with Jesus is going to be a determinant of the life that we have here after. Those that receive him as God sent and believe on him would have a particular set of life that is described in the Bible. And those that reject him also would have also a life. That is also described in the Bible. Now, now, listen carefully. This Jesus has also given us an insight into what type of life we can have after we have met him. Do you get it? When this life here on earth is over, he has told us that, he has showed us what type of life we can have depending on what we choose to do with the life that we have in this body. Let me say it again. The Bible through Jesus and through prophecies have described that there will be a life after here. Not this earth currently or this system that is dominated by Satan. In this phase, Satan is in charge. The Bible describes him as the God of this world. And Jesus didn't deny the existence of Satan. And Jesus didn't deny that Satan was in charge or is in charge in this current era. Are you with me? Yes. But he also showed us that when Satan is dethroned and God takes his rightful place, there is a life that is going to follow. And there will be a distinction between those who, those who have received him as their Lord and Savior and those who have rejected him. Then he goes on to say that how that life will be for those who have, who have received him as their Lord and Savior depends on how they use this life which is in this earthly body. Because in that life that is to come, we will not be in this perishable body. I hope you're understanding it. I mean, as we can see, this body, if we are going to have it forever, it's not nice. It means your back pain is going to be forever. Hey! I don't know what our new body will look like. But I don't think it will have pot belly issues and other overeating issues. I don't know. I don't know. The Bible is silent on that. So please, I will not speculate on that. But for some of us who don't have it so nice, it gives us joy that, that, that there is a, there's a, there's a change. 
Do you get it? But as for me, the one I like is that one that it doesn't perish. Yeah, because sometimes when I look at my side view, I don't like the folds that I see. You know, I don't like it at all. Is that, ah, is that me? I mean, sometimes I look, I say, oh no, it's not me. So recently I was asking somebody, what exercises can I do to strengthen the muscles here? Because it looks like sometimes in a certain posture, you feel that it's like the thing is folding, it's becoming together. It's like becoming a bag. You keep laughing at me. You're, you're, you're growing. You're growing. Don't worry. You're growing. I didn't pray to grow. Hmm. So listen, listen. The point I am making, which I want you to get, is the fact that there is a promise of a life hereafter. Are you with me? What type of life you would have depends on what you do with the life that you have now. That's, that's the point I'm making. Okay, you say, how did I know? Let's just read Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Or actually 3, Colossians 3, 3. He says that our life is hid in Christ. And when Christ shall appear, then shall we appear with him. Colossians 3, 3, please. Please, you have your Bible. Just read your Bible. Don't wait for them. You'll start from one, they'll go to two before they get to three. By that time, the bus would have come. The taxi would have come and we'll be going home. Three, three. He said, for you, you, according to the Bible and according to your interaction with Jesus, the Bible says that you are dead. Do you get it? To the old man is dead. By receiving Jesus, you identify with his death on the cross. And he says that, and your life, the life that is yours is hid with Christ in God. When Christ shall appear, verse 4, or when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Are you with me? So then, this life that I have now, Whose is it and what is it for? Is it not a question to ask? This life that you have now in this sinful body belongs to Christ. That's the first thing. It belongs to Christ. Many of us, it doesn't occur to us that this life does not belong to us. You see, your your belief in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, and your receiving of him 
as your Lord and Savior. Are you with me? Makes him become the purchaser of you from Satan's powers, from the kingdom of darkness. So even though you are here in this body, the life that you have here belongs to Christ. Because yours, the Bible says, is with him. Sandy, are you understanding it? Is, is there anybody here who is confused? I want to explain it well to you. You see, because without you understanding clearly, Whose is what you have? That is when you can start fighting with the owner. And that is when, when the owner calls on you to make withdrawal from you, you begin to challenge him and to fight with him over what is his. Look, most Christians, it has not occurred to us that our life, the life that we have, it's not ours. You see, when the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the day you were purchased by his blood. You see, the price of your, the cost of you to Christ is his blood. So the life that you have in this body now is not yours. It belongs to God. It belongs to Christ. Who has purchased you with his precious blood. Therefore, therefore, like he gave the talents to the three different people to occupy till he comes. To the ten people to occupy till he comes. He's expect, he has given it to you. And he's expecting you to use it according to his direction. So that when he comes, he will have profit and also reward you for being a faithful servant. But you see, Satan being who he is and the deceiver that he is has made us believe that our life after we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior is still ours. It's not yours. He has purchased you by his precious blood. And has given you the responsibility of what now belongs to him. Has given it to you to run it under his instructions. And under his guidance. And that is what, why he says. That we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. To receive our reward. I said, we must all appear before the judgment. The, at that place, when the Christians are being judged, 
It is not intended to decide whether you go to hell or to go to heaven. But it's intended to reward you according to how you have used what was committed to you. 2 Corinthians 5.10 It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. I hope you understand. So, the declaration that this is our year of work is in full alignment to scripture. And that you're working in God's house, you're working in God's kingdom, is not to the benefit of anybody apart from yourself. Because like everything else, when somebody gives you money and gives you a budget, how to spend it, you can either be promoted for spending it well according to the rules or you can go to prison for misuse of public funds. It's not, you are not going to prison for use of public funds, for misuse of public funds. Or people are not in prison for... In other countries. Okay. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. So listen, listen. Get it clear in your mind that your life that you have in this earthly body is not yours. It's not yours. The whole world is divided into those whose life belongs to the control of Satan or those whose lives belong to the control of God. Jesus purchased you and me from Satan because, because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Satan became the rightful owner of everything that belongs to Adam and Eve. Because the Bible tells us that the person you obey, you become the servant of that person. I hope you are here with me. So listen. My life, your life in this earthly body is not your own. It's not my own. It belongs to Jesus. If you have received him as your Lord and Savior. It is therefore important for you and me to use it under his direction. And the beauty of it is that it also is going to reflect what our lives will be when he finally appears. You may say that you don't care. You want a good life now. But you see, that is what you said at a certain stage of your life when you should have gone a certain direction and you rejected it because you wanted a good life now at that time and you are discovering that the harvest of that good life is not good 
I mean, some of you, I mean, you are very intelligent. That if you were to show up, many of us will not get space. The only reason why we got space is because you didn't show up. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, the only reason why some of us got space is because you were not there. Because if you were there, you would have been taken before us. And the good courses would have been given to you before us. Oh yeah, it's true. The only problem was that like you are saying now, you said that when you should have thought ahead, we refuse to think ahead and pay the price that must be paid for those who are thinking ahead. Of course, there are exceptions in life, but I'm speaking generally. Are you with me? And so don't say the same thing that you said some years ago, which has not yielded good dividends. Do you get it? Because at that time, there's no redemption. This life, if it doesn't work in terms of your ability to earn a good living, it's not a problem. It's short. It will finish very soon. Oh yeah, even if it's 100, it will finish. Oh yeah, it will finish. But the other one, it won't finish. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. So we better get it right. And we have to get it right. We cannot get it wrong. I said we cannot get it wrong. And you know the beauty, the beauty of what is expected of us. Every help that we need has been given to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are without excuse. You know, some of us couldn't become what we could have become because the person who was to help us failed us. Because there was no even help. Somebody didn't create the environment that will make us flourish. They created an environment that makes us deteriorate. Because in the schools, there was no library. The teachers are drunkards. And so many things in the neighborhood is all gangsterism and other things. So it affected us. And that's why we didn't make it. But in the case of Jesus, he's not irresponsible. As he has given us this life to occupy till he comes, he has also supplied us, not with just some power, but with the power of God himself. The Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, if we will make it our duty to be faithful, to be obedient, to be truthful, to keep the part of the bargain, that this, is, this life is not mine. It, it has an owner. And therefore, I must do what the owner wants it to be done with. And I'll be diligent. What is going to happen to your life is that you will be found to be diligent. That's the first thing. You'll be successful. 
as you set out your heart to do what God wants you to do, to do what Jesus wants you to do, you will never fail because the power, the support, the help, and everything that you need to be successful has been provided in the person of the Spirit of God himself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So listen, don't get to the other side and regret. Because there, there will be no excuse. And don't allow the enemy to deceive you. To think that by wanting to do what Christ expects you to do is going to lead to your self-neglect. You will never be neglected by God. I said you will never be neglected by God. I said you will never be neglected by God. Because God never neglects his own. What he requires of you is honest obedience or honest obedience. Obedience to his every instruction. To remove the dark places in your life. Because it is in the dark places that Satan gets to short circuit God's provision for your life. It is in the dark places of our lives that Satan gets to interfere with the work of God that is going on in our lives. You know, sometimes when we are young, there are many challenges that you face. Including having minds that are not according to the word of God and that are not according to truth. But as you age around where I am, you begin to see things clear. Things become a bit clearer. Yeah. And I'm, I've learned and I'm still learning that the things that are valuable or that looks valuable to me when I was younger, as I've grown, I've realized that they are not valuable at all. At all. The dreams of a big house, many cars, many clothes, holidays all over the place, and everything that you can imagine, they are not what really is important to you and to me. But I've learned that when God blesses you with children, it is the children that become everything to you. And people hate when their children don't turn out the way they wish. And I'm realizing that as, as we give our lives or we, we use our lives for what it was meant to be, and that is as we allow the owner of our lives to use it the way he wants it, he has done for these same lives things that we could never have done for ourselves. You see, I didn't grow up in a home of a mother and a father where it's like their mother and mommy is here, daddy is here. So I, I don't know, I don't have an experience of how to be a father. Maybe my wife did. But I, I mean, our experiences are not, but as the man of the house, I don't have that experience. 
So who is going to teach me how to raise and how to raise a family? I was going to learn by my first time and the chances of getting it wrong was going to be very high. Because sometimes you think you are, going, you are doing the right thing only to discover that you are doing the wrong thing. But as I look at the little or the family and the way the children are and everything, I'm, I'm asking myself, how much could I have paid to have what I have? Just, just a simple relationship with your children. Just a simple relationship. You, got, you, you think it, it happens all the time, everywhere? No, no, no. So I'm, I'm trying to tell you that, listen, Satan will tell you that if you give to God what is his, it will lead to your neglect. And I'm telling you that God will never neglect you. God cannot, and he will never neglect you. He, you see, all that is your concern. Do you get it? What is your concern? It is his concern. So I want you to resist the temptation that says that if you give to God what is his, it will lead to your neglect. It will never lead to your neglect. It will actually lead to your prosperity. It will lead to your blessing. It will lead to abundance of divine help. It will lead to the divine involvement in your earthly life. Oh, I'm telling you. Because every, every good person will preserve his good servant. He will preserve his faithful servant. He will help. He, will, he never neglects his own. And God will never neglect you. So don't fall for that deception that says that, look, I'm busy arranging my life. Listen, listen. The best arranger of your life is actually the God that you are turning your back on who has done you good by sending Christ to come and die for you. Who has done you good by give, bringing the grace that makes you hear and receive Jesus Christ into your life. So our year of work is our year of giving to God what is rightfully His. Is our year of preparing for a beautiful life that when Christ shall appear, when we appear. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I promise you, by the time you get to 60 years, you will discover that many things are useless. I, I promise you. I promise you. Mark it somewhere if you are not 60 already. By the time you get to 60, you discover that many things are useless. Oh, yes, you discover that you, you, you fought for many things that you don't need. And you know the painful thing? The painful thing. You will ask yourself, at what cost? At what cost? I said, at what cost? At the cost of stealing from Jesus what he says. At the cost of being ungrateful to Jesus. 
Because Jesus is looking for you. You are part of his big plan. I say you are part of his big plan. You are the smiling face and the comforting voice that he wants to be to someone not far from you. But because of the deception of the enemy, you never became the comforting voice that was you were meant to be to the person who was crying for comfort. Oh yes. You are the wisdom that was needed not far from you through counseling of that young man, of that young woman who has been coming to the house of God but never got the attention that he needs from the house of God to put his life in order and to see the goodness of God. Amen. But I promise, I pray to the Lord that you shall be. I say you shall be. Whatever God has earmarked you to be, you will not miss that mark. Because by the Spirit of God, your steps will be ordered. Because you are a child of God. Let's rise to our feet. This is our year of work. This is our year of giving to God what is his. And this is our year of living for a beautiful life, a glorious life in eternity when Christ shall appear. This is our year of positioning ourselves for God's involvement in our lives. This is our year of giving God the total responsibility to attend to the needs of our lives that we were not able to attend. This is our year of developing sweet fellowship with the Spirit of God, who is the provision of God to our lives. This is our year of knowing our comforter. This is our year of knowing the helper. This is our year of knowing and relating with the teacher as a teacher, as the guide, and as a strengthener of our lives. Lift up your voice and say, Lord, this is my year. This is my year of work. Oh, through my working in your kingdom, I will enjoy and walk in every provision that you have made for my life. I shall not waste my life any longer. I shall not be deceived by the enemy. Every burden of my life, I lay it at the cross of Jesus. And I take up my cross to follow my Savior. To live for him. Like Paul said, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died. Who, who died for me and rose again. It is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. It's not a poem. But it's of a person who understands, who understands what salvation entails. Who understands what it means to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord and say, Lord, this is my year of work. And everything it means, Lord, it shall be so in my life. Because as I entrust myself to you, as I turn my heart to you, as I focus my mind on you, you shall direct me. You shall lead me by your spirit. I shall no longer be led by the enemy and the spirit of the enemy. 
but I shall be led by your precious Holy Spirit, your gift to my life, your gift to my, to my life, to be what you want me to be. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, yes. I want you to look into your life and pray for that one thing that is holding you back. Pray for it and say, Lord, help me. It's, its ability to hold you back is because you have not asked the Lord to help you. And the Lord is waiting for you to ask. So this morning or this afternoon, I wanted to say to the Lord, help me. Lift up your voice and begin to speak. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Lord, let me not be a nominal Christian. Let me not be a Christian who comes and just warms the pew. Wasting away each currency of a day that you give to me. Lord, I want to use effectively, maximally, every day of my life that you give me breath. That you protect me from death. That you deliver me from the wicked wishes of the enemy. Lord, I don't want to waste any day of my life anymore. I want to put every day to great use. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. I want you to talk to them. For those of you who don't pray in tongues, I want you to believe God to begin to speak in tongues so that you can pray well. You can pray for a long time. Oh, yes. Get out of the flesh into the spirit in prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, yes, I want to do what you want me to do. Thank you. Everything that you need me to do, Lord, I shall do it. I will not run away from you again. I know now who the owner of my life is. You. Purchased with the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. All my days I give to Thee. To love you, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more. Fall in love with you so deep. Lord, show me how to love you more. Oh, I don't want to serve without loving you. Lord, take my life. Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. All my days I give to thee to love you, Lord. Love you, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more. Fall in love with you so deeply. Lord, show me how to 
So take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. All my days I give to Thee to love You, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love You more. Fall in love with you so deeply. Lord, show me how to love you more. Oh, I don't want to serve without loving you. Lord, show me how. Lord, show me how to love you more. Lord. I don't want to serve without loving you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment and this counsel that we have received of you. Your word is true and it shall stand. Therefore, we want to be found to be true believers with works that testifies of what we believe. We don't want to be men of belief without works but we want to be men of works that reflects what we believe. Deliver us from every evil that is holding us back in this way. And every cloud of darkness that has covered our eyes, our, the eyes of our minds and our ability to see. Every seed of the enemy that is sown in our hearts that makes us go contrary to your clear instruction. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask it to be removed. Like David says, search my heart and see if there's any wicked me, any wicked way in me and lead me the way of everlasting. We surrender our hearts to you, Lord, and everything that is offending, Lord, remove it. Lord, remove it in whatever way you deem fit. Remove it because we don't want to lose twice, but we want to gain in eternity with you. For you have spelled out everything clearly in your word. How that if we save our life, we shall lose it. But if we give our lives up for your sake and for the sake of the gospel, we shall find it. Thank you, Jesus, for this truth that has found a resting place in our hearts. That is governing our lives and causing us to live our lives according to your purpose and according to your will. And we know that every need of our lives you shall meet, you shall supply in a, more, in a better way than we could have ever imagined. Thank you. For the fulfillment that we will have as we walk in this life and live for you. I pray for every soul under the sound of my voice. That as they take a step, you will help them. Like the wind, let it be favorable unto them. And work against the enemy. Destroy the works of darkness. And cause their path to be set on a, cause their feet to be set on a straight path as they walk that they stumble not but they see your hand and your power as you have done it for many lord let there be testimonies of this truth in every life that sets on a journey to live for you i thank you holy father every head bowed and every eye closed this is the beginning of the year and i want you to know that the world this earthly life that we have is divided into two groups of people those who will spend eternity with God 
and those who will spend eternity away from God in hell. Don't let anybody deceive you that there's no heaven and there's no hell. Jesus spoke about heaven and hell. There is heaven and there is hell. And I want you to make a decision right now where you want to be when the life here on earth is over. And I don't want you to say I'll do it some other time, especially when you can hear in your heart the Lord drawing you to himself and say, come now. Listen to me. Listen to me. No man can come to God except God draws him. No man can come to God except God draws him. And therefore, I want you to make a decision to want to come to God. And the way is through Jesus. And you want to say, Pastor, if Jesus is the way, then I want to receive him as the way. If Jesus is the truth, then I want to receive him as the truth. And if Jesus is the life, I want to receive him as such. Because God sent him to me. And therefore, help me in prayer. I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. It's the beginning of the year. And it's a good beginning. It's a good timing to start everything afresh with the Lord. Wherever you are, lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Wherever you are, let me pray with you. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift it up high so that I can see. Lift up your right hand. Just one one, one. One right hand. You want me to pray with you. Pastor, I cannot leave this place without Jesus. I want God. And if I need Jesus, I receive him as such. Lift up your right hand. You lifted up your right hand. I want you to step forward quickly. I want to pray for you before. I just want to pray for you. They will lead you through the sinner's prayer when they go with you. Come quickly. Come quickly. Let us stretch forth our hands and pray for them. I don't know who must come. Somebody must come. Somebody wants to rededicate your life. You want to say, Pastor, I did this before. But when I look at my life and where I have been, I want to do it afresh. I want to rededicate my life. You also come. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come quickly. Let's pray. Lift up your hands to the Lord. I'll, I'll pray for you and then they will lead you through prayers. Father, these ones... They are not standing before men. They are standing before you. We just are representations. We are just symbols of your presence. Lord, by your power, touch them. For you have spoken to their hearts and you have drawn them to you. And I know that you will do in their lives what you want to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for these precious souls and I stand on their behalf and say, Lord, I break every demonic involvement in these lives. Every hold of the enemy that keeps them away from doing what is pleasing to your, in your sight and from doing what will bring a blessing to their lives. Lord, from today, those things shall no longer work. I apply the blood of Jesus as their protection. They shall be delivered and they shall escape from every evil that is arranged for their lives. And they shall have an opportunity to testify that God is good by the miracles and by the manifestation of your power in their lives. Men will see them and wonder and they will say, it is the Lord's doing. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
good. I want you to go with uh, our pastor, Pastor Teddy. They will lead you. You need to pray a prayer. When you confess, you receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, and then you come back to join us. Amen. Good. We will be waiting for you. So just go with our pastor quickly. Five minutes. Please put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. Please be seated. Our communion prayer will be the last prayer. When we pray it, it will be the end of the service. Amen. Great. We want to do baby dedication. And uh, I don't know if we should do it one, one, or the two together. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.